podcast brought to you by the Spring Creek Auction Company. Live auctions every Friday and Saturday night at 6 o'clock p.m. They have big cash and gift giveaways. They have a friendly and helpful staff, and they sell new merchandise every Friday and Saturday night. Join us at Spring Creek Auction, 425 Highway 25 South in Millen, Georgia. All right, good morning. Sorry for the little technical interruption there. Actually, good afternoon. Uh, this is Todd with the Voice of Geechee, and today I have on our show uh, Joshua Johnson, uh, the uh, pastor at Oak Hill Church here in Millen. Um, so welcome. Good afternoon. Can you tell us a little about yourself and, and go from there? Thank you, Tyler. I'm glad to be a guest uh, today on The Voice of Ogeechee. Thank you for the invitation to be here. Um, we live in Millen, as you said. I'm the pastor at Oak Hill Baptist Church. I've been there four years. April 1st marked four years. It's a blessing to live in Millen, to be here. I'm originally from Mount Vernon, Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's near Vidalia, Georgia. If you ever had a Vidalia onion, mm-hmm. uh, that's the town that made the onions famous. We're about 10 minutes from there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mount Vernon is smaller than Millen. We only have one red light, and we don't have a McDonald's. So Millen is a a bigger city for us. We love small towns. Uh, Me and my wife, Lauren, have lived in two since we've been married, Soperton and Millen. We love our church. We love uh, the community, and it's a great place to raise our children. Of course, I grew up in Atlanta, and so I never had that small town life but then that's been growing going about us for a couple of years and of course now here in savannah and going to southern now i'm getting a little definitely more used to what small town life is all about and yeah it's true everyone doesn't know everybody especially if you've been here long enough so it's been interesting that um so kind of i know you're a pastor and so i kind of want to say how did you kind of how'd you get into that you know i, I know that's a call but you know kind of what's that what's the story behind that yeah that's a great question every pastor has a different story for how the lord mm-hmm worked in their life to call them into ministry. Mine started really before I was born. My grandfather was pastor at First Baptist Church of Mount Vernon, and uh, he was my pastor growing up. He was pastor there for over 30 years, and I, I got to watch him, and I got to watch what ministry looked like. And to be perfectly honest, being a pastor is the last thing in the world I wanted mm-hmm. to do. My plan was to go be a doctor. Okay. I wanted to be a pediatrician. But God had other plans for me. And when I was a teenager, he began to stir my heart and began to call me to take another step into ministry. And I I resisted that for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when I was 20 years old, I accepted the call to ministry and uh, ended up going and being a youth pastor in Soberton. Mm -hmm. And then in 2016, right after the birth of my first son, Jude, uh, there was a moment where God said, I want you to be a pastor. This mm-hmm. is what I put you here for. And I, I embrace that and surrender to that. And um, it's been a blessing. You know, it's always a blessing when we do what the Lord mm-hmm. wants us to do. And it's hard when we resist. And uh, for sure. And so, and what, um, I was kind of what, at first, kind of what made you want to become a doctor? What was, what was those, what was, did you have science interest or just the fact that, you know, doctors do care for others and stuff like that? Is that kind of where that comes from? Part of it was my my parents kind of led me in that direction. They said, you uh, mm-hmm. can do well. You're doing well in school. You need to do something worthwhile. You need to aim aim high. And, mm-hmm. But I think the main reason is I wanted to help other people. I did. I wanted to help other people. And then I had, I grew up with a great pediatrician mm-hmm. that I liked a lot. I really admired him. And 
but I think the heart of it was wanting to help people. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, I think my dad, like, you should become a plastic surgeon, not to help people, but just because you can make money and become rich and wealthy. And this isn't Buckhead, you know, in Atlanta. So <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm glad I didn't because I would have hated it. And I don't, it's too hard. Um, and then, so, so, so when did you become a pastor? Right after that time in 2016, okay. I, I began to talk to the deacons at my church in Soberton. They recognized mm -hmm. God's call in my life, too. So what what normally happens is if a young man is called, the church that he's called uh -huh. in will ordain him. And okay. that means the ordained men, usually deacons and other pastors, will come together. And they will confirm that call in the man's life through asking questions and through watching his example and the fruit of his life. And we had an ordination council in February of 2017 where they laid hands on me and prayed over me. Basically said, we, we're setting this man apart for the ministry. Right. So between 2017 uh, to 2019, uh, God did more work to further prepare me, and then He brought me to Oak Hill, which is my first full-time right. pastor in okay. 2019. And so you were. So what did you at was it Soperton Baptist? Yes. So what were you? What was your position there? I was the student pastor, so I, okay. I handled what we call today next generation ministry, okay. which is uh, youth. Yeah, we don't call that that Episcopal Church, but yeah, yeah. let's get for names. I mean, I, I did Wesley my freshman year, and so I kind of. When that's when I first heard about passion, I heard about, well, of course, the church that I went to for like years, they called Stir and all that. And of course, the Episcopal Church, we just called EYC, but yeah, interesting. So, I mean, what 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 was your enjoyment being a youth pastor? Because I know a bunch of people, even when I would go to summer camp, especially one of my friends, Luke, and he really had the heart. He had he definitely had the heart for student ministry. And I mean, everyone I know who does student ministry absolutely loves it. Well, it's fun because you do have responsibilities and you have some pressures of ministry, but it there, there aren't some of the pressures of other ministries mm -hmm. and you get to, you get to spend time with teenagers and you get to see the influence that yeah. the Lord can have in their life and you can have in their life and you get to do a lot of fun things. You get to eat pizza, you get yeah. to have, you get to play on the slip and slide, yeah. you know, you get to do laser tag and go play putt putt golf and all kinds of really cool things. But I think the biggest takeaway for me being a youth pastor was, you know, having an impact on kids. I, I can right. think of one student. I, Two students stand out to me. I loved them all, but mm -hmm. two students stand out to me. One is Griffin. He actually is in his early 20s now, and he took over as youth pastor when I left. Oh, okay. And when I started, he was an 11-year-old sixth grader. So he came up yeah. to youth man. And another, his name is Marcus. He came to me one day, and he said, I'm, I'm going into the Army, but I don't have my driver's license. Would you teach me how to drive? Mm. And I taught him how to drive. And he's now a sergeant in Man. the army and he has a family yeah. and he's stationed in Germany. So it's things like that, that you can have a little bit of influence and see how, yeah, how it's important. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's what I would like for myself to have too, just have a little more impact on people, whatever. And kind of you see, if I did that, I did that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, and so you, you're called in 2019 to Oak Hill. So how did, I mean, how did Oak Hill find you or how did you find Oak Hill? Well, it's funny because I remember picking up my son from school one day and I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. Mm -hmm. And it was Mr. Mike Call, who was one of the deacons at Oak Hill. And he began to very excitedly tell me all about their mm -hmm. church. And I said, Mr. Hall, I'm sorry, but I, I need to interrupt and tell you that I don't even know how you got my number. And I don't know how you got my mm -hmm. resume. But it turns out that my wife had asked me a, a few weeks earlier, can I send your your resume out to a couple of churches and I didn't know what churches she mm -hmm. sent it to, but she sent it to Oak Hill and they had gotten my resume and uh, they, they liked what they saw. Now we, we can look back and say the Lord's hand was in it, guiding everybody right. involved. 
um, but we went and visited and, and it was evident this is where mm -hmm. the Lord wanted us to be. So we came. And, and so you've been there since 2019. Has that, I mean, has the church grown any since you've been there? Um, just kind of, I mean, what does Oak Hill offer? That's an excellent question. Um, I'll start out with the, the first one. We've seen growth. It's It's been unique and challenging because I got there in 2019, and I was there not quite a year. Mm -hmm. I celebrated my one-year anniversary at the church in quarantine because <laughs> COVID happened. <laughs> right, yeah. And during COVID, we saw a lot of changes, as a I lot bet. of churches did. Yeah. And uh, one good way to say it is the Lord actually pruned us, just like you prune a, a bush. Mm -hmm. I think the Lord pruned His church in general. My wife has knockout roses, and every winter, uh -huh. we cut them down to the ground, yeah. and they look dead. And about this time every year, they come back, and they look more beautiful and yeah. vibrant than ever. And I think God did that to the church during COVID. Yeah. And we're seeing some of that beauty and that vibrancy of growth. Yeah, and I, I had a church too. Well, the church I went to for a year um, in, in Valdosta it was a non-denominational church, and he was. I think it, I think it was it was Methodist, Baptist, whatever. And his the student pastor there, our worship pastor too, was like, "Well, yeah, I kind of thank God for COVID because it kind of filtered out the church. It filtered out all the fake Christians." I'm like, eh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, but I mean, it's probably not a good thing that the you know the weak Christians are out. But anyway." Um, so that's kind of what I thought was your reference too. Um, so what does, uh, is Oak Hill like a traditional church? Is it modern? Um, what's your, what's your worship like and what are some events you have going on? Well, before I answer that, let uh -huh. me just say when I use the word pruning, I know some people might could interpret it that way. And right. I've heard that, you know, it, a lot of people left and usually like uh, cut dead branches off. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think more than that though, not just talking about mm -hmm. people, but right. Sometimes as churches, we can get caught up in routines and programs sure, sure. Yeah. that are not effective anymore. Right. And exactly. COVID gave us the opportunity yeah. to kind of cut some of those things off yeah, and start really, new things. Yeah. And, you know, with everything, we're constantly growing. All of mm -hmm. us are. Everything that's alive is growing exactly. and changing. Exactly. And COVID was just a catalyst to bring about further change. But to get to your question about uh, what Oak Hill offers, we're a multi-generational church. We have uh, children's ministry, we have student ministry, we have college ministry, we have adult ministry, we minister to men, we minister to women. Mm -hmm. we, um, our, our vision is to love God, to love others, and to make disciples, which is the great commandment and mm -hmm. the great commission. Somebody came up and asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in all the law? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, right. mind, and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. So those are the first two parts. And then the great commission is go out into all the world and make disciples of all nations, mm -hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do everything I've commanded you to do. So that's our vision and mission. And Oak Hill is a very uh, united church. Mm -hmm. We have good unity. Um, there's a lot of love there. Uh, I would like to think that we're very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're doing our very best to love God with our heart, mind, and, and, and strength to love others, especially mm -hmm. those who are not like us. That's the challenge, right? It's easy to yeah. love somebody like you. The challenge is, yeah. and what God has called us to do as Christians, is love those who maybe we don't agree yeah. with, love those who we're not like. We don't have the same uh, taste or the same uh, likes, the same hobbies. And then to make disciples. And that's where it goes to the next generation. We want to make sure our children are raised to know the Lord too. Right, exactly. 
I mean, was there any pushback from the church when you first got there? Just kind of maybe, I don't know who the pastor was before, before you came along. Um, but was it, um, kind of mean, order congregation? Was, I mean, was it, I'm just kind of to, uh, you know, was there any pushback for you being a young pastor? Just like, well, you're, he's young. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just here, you know, kind of thing. Did you get any kind of get some of that? That question gives me a great opportunity mm-hmm. to share a, a really cool story. And this is one of the reasons why this is one of the reasons why I knew God was calling me to Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. I have multiple people tell me during the process of them hiring me that one of their ministries and their heart as a church mm-hmm. was to bring in young pastors and help them through the early years mm-hmm. of ministry and invest in them. And that has been so true. I know I'm the pastor. I know I'm supposed to speak well of the church, but in all truthfulness and honesty from the bottom of my heart, I can say that there has been so much love mm-hmm. towards shown towards me and my family, a willingness to allow, to allow me to lead, even though I'm young. Right. They've been, sometimes I use this illustration, you know, when you get a new puppy and you're trying to potty train mm-hmm. the puppy and it pees on the carpet <laughs> a couple of times, that's kind of how it's yeah. been in the early years, but they've been so gracious and patient because it's their heart to help and they've helped me and I will always remember Oak Hill for what they've invested in me and done for me. Yeah. That's important. And I think I just, I mean, even for me growing up in the church myself, I mean, church, the church has always been an important part of me, but it's also that one place of community that we all, every single one of us in our family and for everyone, we can all lean on to because usually with church, it's like, well, that's church and grand. Not everyone, not everyone's the, you know, probably, Everyone's a good person, I believe, but you know some may not be as evident about that as you know as others. Um, but the, just the community you have at church is just important because you really don't get that anywhere else. And there's just something special when you're around people of believers. Just you know, we're all here for a reason. We all know that we're here for one reason, and it's just it's just, it's just a nice feeling, a nice atmosphere to be in. Well, you're absolutely right. The unity that we have mm-hmm. in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit transcends politics. It transcends your favorite yeah. football team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in a lot of southern towns, if you're an Alabama fan or a Georgia yeah. fan, there's a stronger debate there than if you're a Democrat or Republican. You know, all these sure. all sure. these different yeah. dividing lines, uh, you know, different skin colors, different right. backgrounds, different um, education mm-hmm. levels. You're right. The only place you can find this kind of community is in the church. And since kind of on top of that, your church is growing, and I'm seeing too, I guess y'all are in the beginning stages of building a new sanctuary and renovating the gym. Um, so kind of just, what's, what's the update on that? So before I got to the church, they had a plan in place mm-hmm. to move forward. And COVID changed some of that. It, it halted some of that, and it sped some of that up. And we're working on that plan now. So our the next step in the plan is for us to take we actually have two gyms at our church because we do mm-hmm. upward basketball. So they built okay. one in the early 2000s, outgrew it, and they built another one, mm-hmm. and it was completed just before I got to the church. And the plan has always been to go into that new gym, or excuse me, the mm-hmm. old gym, and turn it into a new worship space. And we're very excited mm-hmm. about that. We've got our planning team together, and they're working on the preliminary steps right now. And I'm hoping that we'll start the renovation process within the uh, this year, 2023, okay. and we'll be started on it before December. And how long has Oak Hill been around? We are actually celebrating our 150th oh, anniversary wow. okay. this year. Wow. Uh, the second Sunday in July is our 150th yeah, homecoming service. That's very impressive. Yeah, especially when you think about 
all the generations that yeah. have gone before been, us. I mean, it's like, I would love to into this kind of, I, I assume you're the same thing too. You just even like being this historic building, just the love the walls, good talk, what they have seen. Just, that will blow my mind. Um, so what kind of things do y'all have come, upcoming this summer? Are you doing vacation Bible school? Um, what other stuff kind of you do during the summer to keep everyone still connected, even though, you know, everyone's kind of out and about during this, this season? We were just talking about that last mm-hmm. night in our Wednesday night Bible study, and we were talking about how God works in seasons from Psalm 1, verse 3. Um, the godly man is like a tree planted beside streams of water who bears his fruit in season. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how God works in our life in seasons, and churches have seasons, and we were just talking about the summer slump, that every church experiences that. When, you know, people go on vacation and, and, and we want families to be able to have vacation time, but we have a busy summer. We've got some events going on. We have Vacation Bible School, and our Vacation Bible School is called Keepers of the Kingdom. It's going to be, it's coming up, actually starting this Sunday night. It's going to be June 4th through June, uh, I think the 9th, which is thir- it start, ends Thursday night. It's going to start at 6.30 and go to 8. We're going to start with a meal. It's going to be, we're going to have worship songs for the kids. We're going to have recreation. We're going to have science projects. We're going to have arts and crafts. We're going to have Bible study. Um, It's going to be a really fun time. The theme, Mm -hmm. Keepers of the Kingdom, is about castles and dragons and knights. So basically everything every little girl and little boy at one time in their childhood make believe plays about. Um, It's going to be really cool, and it's, it's about the truth of God's word and how mm-hmm. we can trust in God's word, even in changing times. And then after Bible school, we've got a summer sports camp, a day camp, okay. summer sports camp coming up in July. We've got uh, youth camp going on this summer and children's camp that mm-hmm. we're taking yeah. part of. So uh, those are four big events. Now, does your church there. ever do that? Like, take trips or mission trips or stuff like that? We have, that's a that's an excellent question. We have not taken a mission mm-hmm. trip since I've been there. Part of that's been because of COVID, right. and part of it has been we've been very busy. But that's yeah. a, definitely an aim, and we want to take a mission trip. Um, hopefully, we'll be mm-hmm. able to do that within the next year or so. Should be. I think travel's all kind of straightened out now. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think everyone loves to go on a trip. Yeah. I know the students like it. Yes. I'm just curious, personal question, too. I mean, how, how big is your college ministry? Since you're not in a college town, how big is, yeah. how big is it? We have probably 10 or 15 college okay. age that's not bad uh, i guess you'd call them students yeah now the core of that group is about six or seven mm-hmm. when they invite friends and everything right. it can you know it can expand right. to that 15 number it's it is pretty interesting because we're a, we're a church outside of city limits and we're mm-hmm. not in a college town but those kids grew up in the church and came through the children's program mm-hmm. and the youth program and we created a college program because we were in need of it and it's really a testament to the fact that you need to have a good children's mm-hmm. program, you need to have a good youth program in those different levels of discipleship so that you can keep those kids connected. Right. And I, I know your, your kids are young, your four kids are young, and I know you just had, you just had one about a year ago. Your youngest is what? How, how old is your She's youngest? She's 10 months old, about to be 11 months, months old. Yeah. And um, I can't remember her name. Is Lila, Lila? Lily James. Lily James, okay. Lily and James. Lily and James. And I was just wondering, do you think any of your kids will follow in your footsteps and go into the priesthood, or that's way too soon to know? Well, it's funny you ask. My oldest son is Jude. He's mm-hmm. he's six, about to turn seven. Then we have Jax, 
who just turned five. Jet uh-huh. is about to turn three, and Lily James is about to be one. So she's our only little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife and I have had this conversation, and I've told her I would love for one or all of my boys to, to become pastors. And she yeah. says, no, I don't want them to become pastors <laughs> because she knows, you know, it, it's a difficult calling. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a spotlight on you, as there should be. Right. Um, to live a certain way and to to, yeah. to be a, a man of integrity and just the the, yeah. it, but it, there's a great joy to being a pastor too. And just kind of continuing, what do you enjoy most about pastors, and and what do you do besides you know coming up with the preaching preachers on Sundays? I know we've had a couple other pastors on too, and I always like to ask them that. Like I know it's more than just preaching on Sunday. <laughs> so my heart is to to work hard and to bring honor to the Lord in everything mm-hmm. I do. I really want to do what it says in Scripture. Whatever you do, work is unto the Lord. And to know that Jesus has an eye on everything I'm doing. I've been thinking about this lately. When my life is over and I stand before the Lord, and He opens up the book of my life, Mm -hmm. I want each page to bring glory to Him. Of course. And I know there, there are sins that I commit and there are places I fail. But my aim is for those pages to read and bring glory to him. And so I have people ask me sometimes, like, like, where do you work? Like some of the youth mm-hmm. will come to me sometimes and say, where do you work? I was like, well, I work at the church. I'm full time at the church. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think pastors work two hours a week. You work mm-hmm. an hour on Sunday morning. You work an hour on Wednesday night or maybe three mm-hmm. hours if you have a Sunday night service. And those are when we're most public. Mm-hmm. But I spend a lot of time during the week. Um, studying, writing, communicating through uh, different ter- ter- uh, ter- mm-hmm. different types of media, um, studying and writing for sermons, but I'm visiting in the hospital, mm-hmm. I'm visiting in homes, um, out in the community, um, counseling with people, mm-hmm. handling administrative work and, and, and kind of vision casting and moving things forward and, and managerial stuff. At the office, too. Uh, that's, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably what everyone needs. And I think everyone should have a you know close relationship with their pastor. Uh, I think that's all the time we have for today. But I just want to do a quick shout out. Remember, also, too, he does actually, he is kind of, he has a correspondent for us, too. So if you want to read, uh, he has a, a section in our both papers, Savannah Times and Jenkins County Times, Words of Encouragement. So I highly, uh, if you haven't read those yet, I highly recommend you look at them um, and see what wisdom he has to share with us. Um, and also, too, uh, if you don't have a church home, I know he will be happy to have you there. Um, so he, this it's Oak, it's, so it's Oak Hill Church at 3233 Oak Hill Church Road, right there in Millen. I know they'll be um, happy to have you if you don't have a church home yet. Um, so this is Tyler saying, have a great day, y'all. Remember to reach out and touch someone today to make this world in a better place. And also, thank you, Joshua, for coming. You're more than welcome to come back. <laughs> thank you, Tyler. I enjoyed being on. Me too. All right. It.